This is Double Exposure Show with your hosts and professional photographers, Sophia Lemon and Petro. Keep listening if you're a photographer, entrepreneur, or small business owner looking for actionable business and marketing advice and funny off-topic rants. Join Petro, Sophia, and the Double Exposure Show community on Facebook at Double Exposure Show Group. And here's Petro and Sophia. Hello, I'm Sophia Lemon. And I'm Petro and... I'm Lee. Man, am I supposed to jump in here? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone was going around with the intros. I messed it up already. We did not communicate. No, I messed it up. (laughs) We did not discuss this before we started recording. (laughs) That's what I like about it. Keep it it raw. Keep it fresh. (laughs) So we got uh, Lee with us. uh, Lee Mann. um, My neighbor, actually. Yeah. uh, Literally lives down the road from me, which is kind of cool. But... um, Lee Mann is a local talent here, an entrepreneur, and I'm not going to talk for him. I'm just going to let you introduce yourself and say hi to our audience. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I uh, My name is Lee Mann. I, I actually, it's a good intro because I don't really know technically what I am. I used to be a, a wedding photographer and now I, uh, I, I definitely am an entrepreneur. I have multiple uh, things going on. So I'm, I guess I'm not really sure often now how to explain who I am and, and what I do as far as, as far as that. So I think uh, I'm still coming up with the, uh, the idea of, of, uh, the person that I am, but yeah, former uh, wedding photographer, for sure. We used to be, uh, you know, colleagues in that. And, uh, so yeah, thanks uh, guys for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I just started up my own, like I was talking about, and, uh, I think I actually feel more nervous about being a guest on a podcast than, uh, <laughs> totally than, than hosting I, one. I can tell, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to, uh, embarrass you or anything so oh no go for it try it i think think this is i think this is a safe space that's what we that's what we always tell people i feel safe yeah good awesome all right what what do you what do you what are you doing sophia what are you finished your your work for the day or are you Um, doing it right now i'm done for now but i have stuff to do so like you know that i use acuity scheduling um for appointments so i'll send people a link so that they can just pick the best time for them, which is cool. Usually people book a couple days in advance, but I had a couple email me yesterday and then book their consultation for today. So after this, I have to drive down to Collingwood um, for that, which is fine, except that I'm like, you know, oh, that screws up my whole schedule for the week because I was planning on being at home in my pajamas. Yeah, so... (laughs) (laughs) Lee, Lee and I were discussing uh, your schedule and how you schedule your entire day uh, last week or the week before that. I don't even know. I don't even know where time goes, but um, I was actually a guest on Lee's podcast and we got to talk a little bit about the entrepreneurship and business from my point of view. So we decided to get him on and get a little bit of his point of view, but also, as promised last week... Um, or rather, last episode, in case it wasn't published <laughs> last on. week. Go on. Look, looking, looking at you. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, uh, when you work for yourself, um, some of the struggles you deal with, but also how, how this may affect um, your, um, your, your mental health, your, your overall health, your basically state of mind. And um, 
uh, I was discussing this with Lee a little while ago, maybe a couple of months ago, and we, we kind of sat down and just talked about a couple of things sort of caught up from not seeing each other for maybe almost five years or so. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of things you mentioned. Uh, and uh, I think a lot of these things are, are going to come up today uh, mm-hmm. because uh, I was really, I was really impressed about uh, like the point of view that you had about it. And I figured that's something that I wanted to talk about because there was a lot of things that I struggled with, especially when I started out. And this podcast, <laughs> if we're going to call it, that is kind of focused to um, people starting out, you know, and maybe we can kind of bring up some warning signs or just even talk about how to deal with things and rather how you dealt with things and how we deal with our own things. So there's sure. really no structure here. We're not, we're not really going to jump into like a question period, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, um, like I was saying off the podcast, I just said, as long as you guys hold me to, to questions there, cause I will, I uh, um, tend to to go off in different yeah. directions, so yeah. Petro is like that, that'll, that'll be good. Petro is the that. king of getting off topic. <laughs> That's pretty much and going on a tangent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we can all learn together then because that's uh, that's something that's actually one of the reasons why I started the po- my own podcast was to be able to listen better and to be able to ask better questions and, and that. So I, I'm learning, but I think when, when, I, when I'm kind of given a free uh, free reign to be a guest on a podcast, I think I still have to kind of mentally right. check that a little bit. So, yeah. Well, well how about this? I'll, I'll give you a little bit of structure. Um, typically, Sophia and I talk about what we've done in the last week or two, but uh, I can probably sum it up for <laughs> Sophia. She... Uh, <laughs> She scheduled her entire week and then she played ball <laughs> and uh, I've done, I've done nothing. <laughs> so so, so tell yeah. us, you know what, before we get into yep. the whole thing, tell us what, what, what's kept you busy in the last couple of weeks. Like what have you been up to besides the podcast? Uh, well, that's basically it. Um, <laughs> I, I do, I do several things. I have, obviously, you know, I have the property here that we do uh, weddings and events and now we're starting to do, um, well, I've been doing maple syrup here at the moment. So that's kind of occupied my time a little bit. We do 300 taps of maple syrup. I do that for a, for a bit of a hobby. I think it takes a little bit more time than, than what I would expect and what I would like, but it's still fun to get out and get some exercise this time of year. So I've been, been doing that. Um, yeah, but yeah, the, the podcast, um, the way that I've worked a lot of times in my life is I basically, something that becomes a passion of mine, I go all out. And so the last, I think last week alone, I did nine podcast recordings in, in the week. Uh, the one before that, I think I did seven. So um, I basically, my mentality is the only way to become better at something is to do it more. Uh, and so that's kind of what I've filled my time with. Luckily, I have the flexibility as an entrepreneur to be able to kind of make my own schedule, even that if that is working nearly 24 hours a day, but uh, it's definitely stuff that I love. So I think that that's why um, when a lot of people ask, what do you do for fun? It's generally usually in relation to things that I'm doing um, for quote unquote. Every day, work, right? Right? So, yeah. yeah. And I've been saying that forever. I mean, uh, people ask me like, yeah, what, what do you do to decompress? What I'm like, I'm doing it. This <laughs> is, you know, I, I made a lot of sacrifices, but uh, I'm, I'm here and it's, kind of for my own sanity, but yeah. you know, you, you just scratched the surface because, um, you also, you also do some woodworking, which is kind of interesting to me because I do lots of woodworking mm-hmm. and, um, you call that venture Burl and Plank, I believe. Yep. Yeah. So that, how did that, how, how did that start? Like, what, what, how did you wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to launch this brand and I'm going to make pieces of wood 
look good. <laughs> so that story goes back a long ways. I mean, we, we uh, took over this property here in uh, 2013, I believe. So we started to, I was never an outdoors. Well, I enjoyed the outdoors, but I was never like a, a woods person uh, per se. Didn't really know a whole lot about trees and taking over this property. I, I kind of got into that. And so we've been milling wood. So cutting, cutting trees or either getting trees to our property and then cutting them up for probably three, four years now. And the piles just kind of, of milled wood just kind of kept stacking up and stacking up. And we had no, no real you know, idea of what we wanted to use them for. And uh, my ex-girlfriend um, and my mom actually, last Christmas, I believe, were, um, were kind of uh, into this whole craft stuff. They were looking at like hand burning wood and, and different things. Um, and, and me being the entrepreneur, I was like, okay, well, that's not really that's nice, but it's not really scalable because if you screw one little thing up burning with that wood stuff, you got to throw the whole thing away. So I kind of was did some digging around and, and came up with uh, a CNC uh, engraving like laser machines. And so, uh, yeah, last year, around a year ago now, I, I think um, got the first laser machine and was just like, okay, this would be good for, for pairing up with the wood that we've milled out. So basically we do that in a sustainable way now. And and I think uh, it's finding your passion. I, I don't think that that was something that I particularly picked out. I think that was their their thing, and I kind of wanted to help them succeed in that. And uh, from from like a crafty standpoint, and I'm always I I I, I tell people that I'm I'm a, um, kind of addicted to progress. So I think if in and that's in anything. Um, so I'll help somebody, um, you know try to achieve their dreams or their ideas as well. And I become as much, yeah. uh, you know what I call it? Yeah. I, I call it serial entrepreneurist. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> you can't sit still. You're just starting new businesses and new ideas rolling with it. Well, and I think it's, so. it's, yeah, no, I think it's something it's attaching myself to somebody else's passion and to be able to help them do something that, that, that they, that they love as well. So, yeah. um, yeah, it, it was, it's something of mine I do enjoy. I, I enjoy probably the part from cutting the trees, milling the trees. But as soon as it get in, I'm not really a detailed person. So when it gets into doing all that detailed woodworking stuff, um, I definitely have to have other people help me help me out because that's not my my strong suit. Right. Um, but yeah, it's been great to connect with businesses. I've connected with a lot of businesses um, just outside. You know, the ability that that's had for me to get into re- the restaurant industry or breweries and and other businesses as well. Uh, just to connect with other entrepreneurs has been really good. So that's. Uh, that's something that I've also been up to. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's, it's pr- kind of funny because uh, I'm going to so- sort of steal your spotlight for a second. Sure. The way the way I see it as an outsider uh, is you started this this new venture and you've gone and pounded the pavement to knock on people's doors and offer them solutions and talk to them and say, look, this is what I can do for you. Here's what I've done. And I... <sighs> I find that in the wedding industry or even in the photography industry, uh, people don't do that. Mm-hmm. People, people start their own business and they just kind of sit waiting for clients to call them. So <laughs> is, isn't that true, though? I mean, um, I think I, they sit waiting for people to like their page on Facebook. <laughs> that, too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's there's sort of like um, I don't want to call it fake, but there's this perceived uh, business personality that that we see on social media, uh, but these people aren't really doing anything. You know, they're literally just kind of waiting around, waiting yeah, for things to happen. I totally now, know those. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> when you when you started your photography business, did you did you have the same kind of uh, drive? Did you have the same sort of 
uh, go-to attitude? Did you go out and like, pound the payment looking for clients or was it a different business model, you know? Yeah, great question. I um, I think I, in retrospect, maybe I don't know when I tell this story if that's what I planned originally to do, but uh, I did have the same kind of attitude. I think um, it's difficult in the wedding industry, especially um, to go out and say to somebody, hey, go get engaged so I can, you know, shoot your wedding, right? <laughs> so uh, it's kind of hard to reach out in that sense. Um, so I, I kind of looked when I first started out and I started my company in 2007. So um, back a little ways, the, the internet was a different place. Uh, Facebook was just kind of starting out. Um, but I kind of looked around me and said, you know, where, where would the market, uh, be where, where outside of, um, you know, the online world, where, where else would I find people that, uh, you know, might be getting married in the next little while. So I came to the conclusion, I don't know if this was consciously or initially or not. Um, but just to get my name out there, I started, um, going to a lot of, uh, university and, and, and college, uh, fashion shows. And I would actually go and shoot mm-hmm. those fashion shows with, you know, really, you know, great gear, produce a lot of pictures. Uh, people would get tagged in the, in the pictures in a time when everyone wanted to be tagged in every picture. Um, and there was no real Facebook pages even at the time. So I, I posted a lot of that to my own, uh, personal Facebook account. And I remember coming back from those events and I'd post pictures like, you know, in, within a couple of days, and I'd have like, you know, 300 people tagged in, in pictures and they'd add me to Facebook. They'd, you know, say, I need, you know, I want these pictures. And so I would gain, I gained relatively good following, donating all my time for free, essentially nearly, um, just to get into these events. And, um, and then it turns out that that market was, you know, prime for people getting married in the next, you know, three, four years. So, uh, it kind of, yeah, would have thought, yeah, it kind of worked out that way that, 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 that market that I was shooting for free would in turn, you know, the thousands of people that I connected with over the next few years, uh, resulted in, in sales. So not initially, I mean, you kind of have to, and I think that's the hard part in, in entrepreneurship and in business is sometimes doing the hard work. Um, you don't see those results right away and it's, right. it's being able to maintain through that and, and not give up, um, in the early phases to be able to see that reward. Right. And I think a lot of people say, Oh, you know, let the stuff come to me. And I definitely realized that I was in a time, you know, in Facebook when I started my business that, you know, it was easy to stand out. I don't think there was too many people doing what I was doing. I was kind of hacking gorilla, you know, gorilla marketing Facebook at the time. There was, um, yeah. But, um, but I think it's still <clears throat> possible now. I, th- I don't think you can look to the same metrics and to the same, you know, ideas of marketing, but there's definitely a way yeah. that you can go out there and, you know, crush it every single day um, you know, with some objective of knowing if, if people aren't going to come to me necessarily. Yeah. You got to expose yourself, yeah. right? You have to put yourself out there and that's, and that's key. And I saw that, I have to admit, I saw that all of a sudden I saw this, this new face, uh, pop up at places. I mean, I remember actually doing a couple of fashion shows, uh, uh for, for either designers or stylists. And I remember seeing, um, I remember seeing your face. Uh, I think I met you at one of them, at one of them actually. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I do, I do recall that actually. Now that you bring that up, but uh, it's it's really really neat perspective because what you've just described would be kind of the uh, formula for any business starting out, right? Whether it's um, uh, I don't know, you know, who knocks on my door is is people who want to always seal my driveway, mm-hmm. and I and I can't be mad at them. Like I just want to tell them to to basically, you know, get the fuck off my property, mm-hmm. but. Um, I don't. I, I just kind of let them do their pitch and take their stuff and say, thanks. If I need you, I'll be in touch, you know, but 
And I always think, it's, yeah, no, I was just going to say, I always think for me, it was about realizing, that, and that's why I've done and even uh, my Burl and Plank business and several other ones, um, giving, uh, you know, kind of without anything, any expectation of anything in return. Um, I was giving, you know, it's nice when you can be able to do that, but I think it really pays dividends in the end. Um, being able to say, hey, I'm going to give it my time because I believe in what you're doing or because I think that you would mm-hmm. benefit from this and I have no expectation of actually closing any kind of sale. I just want to help you out. Um, and so I think that there's a lot of people that maybe expect return right from the beginning. I'm not saying give your time away for free all the time, but that sometimes that can result in, in benefits down the road for sure. So uh, I'm glad you brought up Facebook and, and 10 years ago and kind of getting yourself out there. Like there was really no rules. Like were you, were you doing anything business wise 10 years ago on Facebook, Sophia? I did not have a business 10 years ago. Well, that's, I don't remember when you started. (laughs) When did you start your business? Um, In 2010, I started my business. I was still Um, in college 10 years ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I should remember. I was just up, I was just back at Fanshawe the other day and I was like, yeah, it's been 11, you know, 11, 12 years almost since I, since I've been here. So I, I graduated 2007, but I hardly even went to school to be honest i went for media production i didn't go for photography i went for media production and um i was already running a business by then so i i kind of you know my parents told me to go because i had to get some paper and different things but i i kind of knew that i was going to work for myself and and i did learn you know some things um but i don't think the application of that really for me um was all that important as far as getting my something beside my name um because i always knew that i was going to do something for myself so yeah it was a different time, that's for sure. <laughs> so today there is no no more um, LMP? Um, I would say there is. Um, it. Yeah, it's it's me personally. Um, we used to have a big team and we used to go out and do even, you know, uh, wedding uh, photography as well as the, the, the video work as well. Um, and so we would, at one point, I had uh, several uh, contract staff that would, that would work. We sometimes would go out to a wedding and we'd shoot uh, with seven, with seven people. Um, and so it was a big, big kind of, uh, production at that point. But, um, the photography is still a love for me. I still, I still do love photography. I kind of burnt myself out on the wedding end of things and kind of couldn't see, um, as much of a passion for myself in that. Um, but beyond that, no, I, I still do love photography. So I, I still have it there. I, I kind of tell people, now I'm transitioning to doing wedding photography for businesses. Um, so essentially telling telling stories in the same style that I would shoot weddings, uh, but for businesses. So a little bit more of the, the marketing style, the, the journalism style, that type of thing. So yeah, it's still there. So what yeah. what made you hang hang up your uh, your camera, so to, so to speak, from a business perspective? Yeah. Um, well, that story goes back. So I mean, you know, 2007, starting the business, uh, ex- executing and using Facebook uh, kind of guerrilla marketing tactics. I, it didn't take me overly long to, to gain a little bit of, of reputation um, in the area. And so I, 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 I think I gained success or, or what I consider to be success for myself relatively quickly. Um, didn't have too many, uh, you know, issues getting started. Um, and so I was just cranking out the weddings at some point I was doing, you know, between, between, uh, contract staff and different things we were doing nearly, you know, 40, 50 weddings a year, which was quite a, quite a lot, uh, for me. Um, but I was making a good amount of money and, um, you know, thought that that's what I wanted to do. And at some point, I think I started to, uh, started to see that, that the weddings weren't necessarily, uh, something that I, 
I could be as, as creative as I wanted to be. I think I was kind of feeling like I was a bit stuck uh, in that sense. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I started to get a little bit around maybe 2011, 2000, yeah, 11 or so. I started to really think that wedding photography for me wasn't, um, you know, the path that I wanted to go down. And sure. yeah, and, and I, but I started to wrestle with that because everyone from the outside perspective saw me as Lee Man, the wedding photographer. They saw me as, you know, a, a skilled photographer that, that um, you know, they would say, you, you know, you have it kind of have it all. You've got all the clients. You don't really have to go out and even work for, you know, gaining clients anymore. Um, they all kind of come to you and, and I only work, you know, a handful of days as far as wedding stuff goes. And uh, so from the outside perspective, everyone was like, my goodness, don't, don't stop this. What are you crazy? Um, and I, every day I would get up and go to shoot a wedding and I'd be like, ah, you know, I can probably find a little bit of joy in this, but for the most part, I don't feel, I'm not feeling it. Uh, I would go, I used to go out and say, this is the best wedding I'm ever going to shoot. Um, and that to getting to the point where I just said, I'm, as long as I can go out and, you know, do as good as I did before, that's what mattered. Right. Um, hmm. and you kind of, yeah. kind of lose a little bit. Of your we just kind of, yeah. yeah. And it's not fair to your clients, right? right. I mean, at the end of the day, they're paying just as much mm-hmm. as they would pay. <clears throat> so, like, how do you recognize that it's not for you anymore? Because I find that there was a, definitely a point uh, for me, not in not in the professional photography aspect, but in, in something else that I was doing, um, basically pursuing a, a different career path altogether while I was in university. Uh, I recognized that it's not going to be for me. And, I mean, I consider myself lucky that I recognized that before I spent years of my life investing in something that I knew that I wasn't going to enjoy. I knew that I didn't like the industry at all. So at what point after you recognize this, do you, are you, do you think you're supposed to pull the plug and say, okay, I, I better do something else or, or are you supposed to just kind of suck it up and, you know, keep going to keep, keep cranking out what you're doing, keep going to work. Like what's your take? What's your perspective on this? Yeah. So good, good question there. Um, yeah, for me, I think at the time, uh, 2011 or so, um, my solution to finding my passion again for <laughs> wedding photography was to do more wedding photography. Um, it was to make more money. It was to go out there and, you know, do more weddings so that I can say, well, Hey, at least I'm doing more weddings than somebody else. And so therefore it must mean that I'm, you know, better or whatever. I made up a million reasons why uh, outside of actually finding passion in what I was doing to move a metric in a direction that I felt I could then gain passion from it again. If I made, you know, an extra 20,000 or extra 30,000, then maybe, you know, I'd, I'd find a passion or at least a reason to continue doing the wedding photography. And I actually probably did that for probably two, three years of being very torn uh, inside, getting up every day, you know, pretending that I would, you know, this is what I was wanting to do when really inside I was, I was kind of, um, you know, almost not hating the weddings, but hating the fact that I was going down a road that I didn't really see a passion in. And, um, so yeah, so first of all, for me, I mean, I can tell you what from now perspective I probably should have been doing, but at the time, um, you know, that's a difficult thing. My identity was tied to wedding photography. I was Lee man, the wedding photographer and, um, people knew me for that. And so I would wake up every day thinking, you know, if I get out of this, is anyone going to know who I am? Am I going to have, you know, is anyone going to want to be, you know, my friend? Is people going to, are people going to hold, you know, value to what I do outside of wedding photography? Because I felt as if that was my whole, you know, that's who I was. And so it was very difficult to, to contemplate even leaving that behind because um, when you, when you, when your job becomes who you are, and I think as photographers, oftentimes we can have that feeling uh, uh, that our our identity is tied to what we do. Um, 
it's, it's hard to extract yourself from that situation. And I think as creatives, we do need those outlets to be able to, you know, have it be a thing that we're okay with being able to transition between one area of photography to another, or even just out of photography altogether as a creative field. And, um, it took me a long time to realize that. I think I had to actually get to a point, um, where, like a, a breaking yeah, point. where it became too, too much. Um, I also started to really get to a point where I was not, um, doing a service to my clients. I would, I, you know, as I would used to come, come back from weddings and I would, you know, call the weddings that night. Um, you know, I'd, and I'd have them out to the editors the next morning. Um, and it became a situation where, Oh, you know, I'll leave that. And, uh, and, and get to it another day and, and I'll go, you know, go to the cottage instead, or I'll, I'll go, you know, do something else as far as what I'm passionate about. And it really became, like you were saying before, a situation where you're, you're really not doing, not only is it, is it bad for you and you're torn inside, but you're really not doing a service mm-hmm. to, to the people that you're working for. Right. Um, yeah. So I found that to be a struggle. And I think ultimately that's, that's coupled with the lack of passion, but really I, I made a series of uh, significant missteps in my business um, that I failed, I uh, failed clients uh, as a result. And I think it was a, it was a significant blow to me. Um, I, I, I remember, um, specifically, to, uh, major times where, um, I, I lost, essentially lost, uh, people's, um, wedding images. And that, that is every photographer's worst nightmare. I did, I didn't lose them in, in, sure. the, in the entirety necessarily. Um, but th- those moments, um, I thought my reputation was done. I, um, I thought no one would ever want to, to work with me again. And so therefore, um, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that those types of things are inevitable, inevitable, maybe not that you would lose, you know, people's wedding images. Um, but that you, um, you know, if you lose your passion, something that you, that you're, that you're doing eventually something beyond just losing your passion is going to happen. That's going to drive you to, to, uh, to make mistakes. Right. Yeah. Well then, and it, and it will lead to a breaking point. If you're not already at a breaking point, it will lead there. And that, that will have negative impact, not in just your business, but that's going to have negative impact on you, on your mental health, on um, your physical health, possibly, because uh, I, mean, I, I always tell people your, your state of mind, your mental health, your, your ability to uh, stay positive actually determines a lot on your overall health, your well-being, and you know just being able to function. And Sophia and I talk about this all the time, but... We can't afford to get sick, you know. Um, if I've, I was sick for almost a month recently, and um, lucky it was in the off season, and I didn't have any weddings booked. But at the same time, uh, a lot of the stuff that I am doing, I can kind of do from home. But even that suffered, you know. I was sleeping in a lot, and I started to get to the point where depression started to set in, mm-hmm. um, you know. And with a young family, uh, even I thought like this is this is terrible. Like I, something's got to change, you know. Mm-hmm. But Sophia, you got any questions? Um, I don't have any questions at the moment, but I did want to say that I feel like a lot of people sort of get into careers because they think, oh, I can do this or I'm good at this. And so they get into it and then don't realize that they're basically dedicating a good chunk of their time to it, like the majority of their time Mm -hmm. other than sleeping. Um, And then you just end up doing the same thing day in, day out something that you're not necessarily passionate about and you don't really expect a photographer so someone who got into it because they were passionate about it to lose their passion for it (laughs) but i mean like in a relationship your mood changes over 
several years, it's going to happen with the things that you like to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, yeah I th- yeah. You go, can, no, go ahead. You Sorry, can go be ahead. a photographer and totally be passionate about it, and then at some point want to do something else. Like it makes sense, and I think people are too afraid to let go of the money. I don't know if people aren't saving money or what the issue is, but they get into this career and they think, "Great, I'm making a ton of money," and then they find out that they're not passionate about it, and then they decide they need to keep doing it to keep making money, or they think, <laughs> "I need to make a bunch I, I of money." Know, so I don't know I if that's necessarily or whatever, but like. They never stop because they're afraid to get out of it because they won't have any money. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's necessarily the money, Sophia. I mean, I, I don't completely disagree with you, but I think a lot of it has to do with with kind of pride and reputation, almost like we were afraid of people watching us fail. Yeah. Uh, I know that was definitely a big part for me when I wanted to scale back um, the, a lot of commercial and fashion work. Um, like, I was so afraid of failure that I think it sort of muddied my ability as a photographer, you know, because I was no longer focusing on producing quality work. I was kind of focusing on what my reputation would be, but I, I don't know. And I think you're right. I think a lot of it has to do with money, but I was yeah, not I think making it's a, a different lot of money thing that we're that. talking about though. Like I'm talking about people who are in a job and are miserable, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, right, right <laughs> Whereas right. you were in okay. photography and you still well, love photography. And mm-hmm. what were you going to ask? Mm-hmm. Right. I see what you're saying. No, I was going to say, what's that like? Because <laughs> I recall you and I having conversations like two, three times a oh. week uh, where you, you would literally say stuff like, oh, I, I want to leave my job and I want to just do this. And you, were, yeah, and you were not the only one I was having those conversations with. This is actually, we talk about Ralph all the time mm-hmm. on this show, but when I was working full time in marketing, that's when I met Ralph. Um, and I would literally complain to him constantly and actually drew Dudley as well. We had drew on episode five, I believe. And I would complain to him constantly about work (laughs) and everyone listened to me. And then Petro at one point you were like, well, why don't you just leave? (laughs) And I didn't have a good answer. So I left, but I was in a position where I could just Mm -hmm. up and leave. Like I wasn't financially tied to anything, so I could just quit and I could do nothing for three months and be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, some people, I guess they have commitments. I guess they're not saving money. I don't know what the issue is, but like there's other things you can do. Even if you left your job and worked part-time like at McDonald's, mm-hmm. you'd be fine, right? Yeah, and your pride will be still intact because at least you're working and doing something, but then you have the time to actually go after what actually interests you, right? Or what you're sure. actually passionate about. Sure. Hopefully, excuse me, hopefully you're in a position where you lose passion for one thing, but you're already growing passion for something else mm-hmm. and you know yeah. what that is. And so you can go right into pursuing that. Maybe you don't know what that is, but then you're never going to be able to figure it out if you're working full time and you literally have no time to go out and try new things and figure out what you're passionate about now. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up and I'm going to, no, that's fine because I know you have something. Oh, no, say, no, but um, <laughs> I've never really saw it from this perspective because honestly, whenever, whenever people talk to me, complain to me about their job, it's because they usually want to jump into photography, mm-hmm. but there's also, there's also been people who complain about their job or people who complain about the weather all the time. Oh, I hate the cold. <laughs> I can't stand it. You know? And, and I've literally said to them, move. Yeah. There's nothing holding you down. Like 
you're here, uh, you know, there's people in London who are from the East Coast, for example, um, and uh, they're here because they went to a photography uh, program at Fanshawe, for example, and now they are selling uh, uh, spirits at a liquor store because they're not in photography, but it's almost like they don't want to leave London because it's it, there's still hope for them to be in it, but you can tell that they don't like it. You can tell that they hate it or or they're just not good as a, as a business person, whatever it is, and I'm just making up these mm-hmm. job titles. So if anybody from Fancher College is selling spirits <laughs> and uh, feels like they're being centered out, please don't. I, I'm not, uh, you know. Anyways, <laughs> moving forward. Um, and, and, you know, I bump into these people who are like, yeah, I hate it in London. It's always so cold. It's so disgusting. It's like, look, you've already moved here once. Pick up your shit yeah. and get out. Like, go somewhere else. And I mentioned this to Lee. Uh, at, at some point, you know, I've, I realized that life is finite and, and we all have an expiration date. So I'm just going to do what I want to do. Um, just <laughs> fucking do it. <laughs> right? Get up, get off your ass and do it. Um, but it, it's hard to realize. It. And I think I think a lot of people kind of get in, the, get stuck in a rut and they don't really know that that's an option. They don't. It's like they don't see it from an outside perspective. Like, funny enough, for me, I ended up in photography because one of my friends was like, well, why don't you just become a photographer? And I looked at him like, that's an option? Like, uh, why why have I been doing stupid shit with my life for the last 10 years? Why don't I become a photographer? So that was kind of the, the aha wake up moment for me. But and it sort of made me realize that, you know what, anything's possible. Like, just just try it. Just put your mind to it. Well, um, you can always make more money. Of course. Like- you're not you're not just stuck where you are. People who think that they can't get out of the situation that they're in currently. Uh, you say this, it's going to sound rude, but I'm kind of genuine about it. Like you need to go to a therapist because you can get out of that. And it's not rude. Oh, fuck. It, it's, you're right Anything's possible. Like you can make more money. Right. And you're right on the point. And it <laughs> and, brings me to, and to, to, to why we're actually talking to Lee in the first place because I feel like that's what he did. I, f- I feel that, that that's what you did one day. You said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm making good money, but it's making my life miserable. So I'm just going to pull the plug on it and I'm going to put my life first, put myself first and do everything in between that makes me happy. Like, am I, am I right on assuming uh, that? Yeah, I think, I think it, it definitely took me a while. I think it's one of those things where I, I didn't get hit on the head with a hammer, you know, enough times at first to kind of, to kind of realize that, um, it took me, you know, because I probably, if I had a, you know, looking back, if I had known what I know now, I would have definitely got out of wedding photography or gracefully exited, or I would have reduced my numbers instead of increasing them to keep, you know, some kind of passion about it. Um, but long before I ever did. Right. And I think, and I think that's where, um, some people get to, I, I lost my love for photography, maybe not even because I don't love it, but because eventually I became to hate it so much. Right. Um, and, and just because what it was represented to me. And I think that if I had have exited or reduced my numbers and say, Hey, you know, I really love telling stories. I still love photography, but I want to do less of storytelling for weddings and more. And I really like entrepreneurship. I want to tell stories for businesses. I think there's an opportunity for me there um, to, to, to actually utilize some of my skills from wedding photography, um, but just in a different area. Looking at that approach would have been far more effective for me than just cutting cold turkey with going from income of, you know, very, very successful, lots of income to literally having nothing um, and risk and having a lot of damaged reputation. 
to be honest. Um, so I think there's definitely ways to extract yourself. I don't think that that going cold turkey is probably the best idea. Um, Sophia, you were mentioning earlier about how um, some people generally have a passion um, or, or sometimes have a passion for something else that replaces the passion that they currently have. And that was definitely a case for me. Um, I was kind of searching for that, but I knew that I wasn't sitting there going, I have no idea what I want to do in life. There was things that I was interested in. Um, they may, you know, like every entrepreneur businesses, uh, start and businesses fail. You don't have successes every single time. Uh, but I never sat there and go, what am I doing with my life? It was more, um, you know, what of the, what options of these things going forward do I want to pick? And so I was never really without that tree in the distance. I was never really without something to say, this is what I'm going after. Um, I think even through all the struggles that I've had in my life through navigating different, uh, different avenues, um, that I've had, I, I get up every day, um, with a passion for what I'm doing on that day. Um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Um, but generally every single time other than those few couple years through wedding photography i got up every single day going i love what i do and i'm passionate about what i'm doing and this is what you know and and i know a lot of people don't have that a lot of people can't find that or some people that that uh, you know just take a long time to be able to identify those things so for me um yeah it was definitely it was definitely finding the right strategy looking back going cold turkey because of results of losing passion massively and having you know, business failures caused me to do that cold turkey. I wouldn't really recommend that to a lot of people um, if they can avoid it because um, you, you just, I grew to hate wedding photography instead of saying, hate's maybe a strong term, but I, I got to that point where I was like, I, I, I would be shooting weddings and, you know, I'd get to family photos time and I, you know, I never, I never um, was rude to every, anyone. I was never, you know, it probably never even came across to a lot of people that I, inside I, I wasn't liking what I was doing on the day, um, you know, but there, but it, it really comes down to you, you do a disservice to the people that you're working for as well by, by sticking, sticking on to something that long. So, yeah. Absolutely. No, you're right. And that's, that's, that's a big key. That's a big element. Um, and I, I do agree that you don't necessarily have to quit cold Turkey, but uh, if you, if in my, from my perspective, if you're going to continue taking on weddings and not enjoying them as a wedding photographer, for example, I mean, let, let's talk about other other career paths there. Like, you know, if you if you paint houses and you, you just completely hate it and you're slowly trying to wean yourself out of it, you are doing your clients a disservice if you really hate it and you're not giving it 100 yep. percent of attention. So uh, look for an exit. Yep. Right. Um, so. Uh, Sophia, I cut you off earlier. I'm kind of curious uh, how upset you are. Okay. (laughs) So not upset at all. I'm always upset with you. That's true. Yeah, I was just going to mention on that too. I think that that there's something to be said about having that other passion because you can find passion in the – like I probably could have found passion for for fulfilling – the the rest of my weddings until I decided to kind of wean myself off of them even afterwards if I could have brought myself to think every you know every client that I book here is representation of money that or you know resources that I can use to put into my other passion once I you know gracefully exit this situation so I think looking at it too um, not from just the fact that I'm doing weddings right now but that these weddings are teaching me 
uh, more skills, uh, uh, you know, more of a skill set for something that I'm going to do in the future. Um, if I had have been able to look at it that way, instead of just focusing on the negative, um, I think I could have probably found a temporary passion, I guess, if, if, if you can say that, um, to be able to push through and really do my do my clients well by by what I was doing, if I had have been able to see that somehow the weddings were linked to some greater good that I was going to be doing in the future too. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, so, um, so there was a breaking point for you. Well, yeah, that, that the breaking um, point for me was, was, um, yeah, the lack of passion. And then I, and then I got to a point where I, I, I was making missteps in the business and I made big, big business, uh, errors. And yeah, I kind of, you know, at that point I was more or less no, I wasn't forced out of the business, but it was kind of a, a no brainer that I wouldn't be doing weddings, uh, full time anymore. Um, and, and yeah, there was, um, there was a couple moments where I was doing commercial work and I, I think I've mentioned this, uh, before to people. Um, but when I was thinking about, uh, you know, after the business, uh, had kind of had those missteps and I, and I thought this, this business that I had built and the reputation that I've had had for being a, a good photographer, um, you know, and then making all these kind of errors uh, as a result of, of the lack of passion there. Um, I was shooting a, a video, a uh, time-lapse video for, for uh, a project that I was doing. It was London at night time-lapse video. And I remember being, um, it was in November, I believe that I was shooting it at, on. So uh, yeah, I was, I was shooting um, basically time-lapse at night around London. And I remember one of those nights uh, being on top of the, the uh, one London place there and shooting a time-lapse video and the time-lapse obviously takes the time and I'm sitting there going, you know, what's, what's going to become of my life, right? I, I had made these, these, these missteps, built, built mm -hmm. a business into something that I thought was, was good. And all of a sudden, in, you know, a matter of moments by lack of passion in what you're doing, um, it all came crashing down. And I started to wonder if I had any value to give, not even just in weddings, but in, in anything. Um, and if that I can, if I can fail clients, you know, in, in getting them the work that they, that they, that they, or that I was supposed to provide, if I couldn't uh, fulfill that, am I even skilled that, uh, you know, business at all? And I think I got into a very deep, uh, perpetuating spiral of all of a sudden you make a few missteps, um, and suddenly you become almost the worst person in the world. And that, that, that's what I felt like. And I remember sitting on, on top of that building as the, as the cameras, you know, ra uh, go, uh, taking frames every, I forget what it was, every 10 seconds, it, it would, another frame goes yeah. by. And I'm just sitting there listening to the camera yeah. and thinking about this on top of the building. And I'm going, maybe I should just jump off, right? And um, it was a powerful moment for me. I don't know if that was the lowest point, but um, it was I, I definitely consider was considering at those moments on in that November and I think it was late 2011 or 12 um mm. that uh do, do do I even have you know worth in general and uh, I fell into a deep depression I think after that that's I was out of wedding photography at that point but I fell into a deep deep depression kind of lost my way um because my identity was tied to photography and and then when I lost that I didn't yeah. I didn't know what place I even had you know, in the world. Right. So it seems silly maybe to look at it now in retrospect and be like, well, that's, that, you know, that doesn't seem like obviously every, lots of businesses fail and lots of businesses have, have struggles. Um, but at the moment, I guess when you, when you wrap everything up into your identity as a photographer and you make a series of missteps on that, it knocked my, 
my uh, my ego and then essentially um, my identity down to I basically felt as if uh, you know maybe I did. Well, and I like how you put it that your identity was tied to photography, and so the failure was not an option, right? Because to fail at business, and and I don't mean fail in terms of you're not good enough, you can't do it, but I mean that at some point it, you lost your passion, mm-hmm. missteps, and it was no longer a part of your uh, routine, a part of your life. It was no longer something that was making you uh, ha- happy, <clears throat> and that that's the thing is is to most to your to yourself failure mm-hmm. was not an option you um and you just felt like you were failing and that recognizing that i think is the biggest part of uh being able to do what 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 kind of the biggest reason why we're having this conversation is because i i think sophia and i would agree that our podcast is a lot different than most in terms of um business and photography where you know we're not just going to sit here and tell you this is what you need to do this is how you do it um here's some links make us money type thing you know we have a completely different approach and we've received some positive feedback on that and i and i thought well this is something that i've struggled with because i myself too feel like my identity is uh, uh tied to my photography business if somebody asks me what do you do i still say i'm i'm a commercial photographer and it happens to be my day job, but I see myself as so much more than that. And I will tell you, I will be completely honest. If I, if my new business venture failed tomorrow, I don't think it'd be as big of a deal for me as if I failed as a photographer. And when I say failed, I don't just mean um, I couldn't succeed in business. I just mean it's you know I just hung it yeah. up and I quit completely cold turkey altogether. So. <clears throat> I think you're not the only person out there. And I believe a lot of people who turn to our podcast may be in that same position that you're in or you were in rather five, six, seven years ago, and they're trying to find themselves. And I'm not necessarily going to say that they're in the same spot in terms of they lost their passion and they should disconnect, but more or less to recognize some of the warning signs before it's too late for them, so to speak. Right. And, and I feel like there was no, uh, there, there isn't, there wasn't a point in your life in your career where you could have turned this around, because I feel like for you it wasn't the right thing. Like I don't think you were mm-hmm. doing the right thing as as mm-hmm. a full time business. So for to try to rescue that, to try to um, solve those problems and get you back on the path, it would have been a temporary solution. It would have mm-hmm. been a band aid fix. And Sophia, Sophia was right, uh, right on the money. I'm going to say because. Uh, we're we're so proud of ourselves not to fail that sometimes we're too proud to ask for help. And when I say ask for help, I don't mean just calling a friend and saying, "Hey, you're a photographer too. Can you bail me out? Or can you can you teach me how to do this better, how faster?" I'm talking about um, a life coach, a mentor, or even mm-hmm. a therapist. Which which is I'm probably leaning more towards a therapist. So, um, have you had much success? Uh, with with talking to people like have you seen uh, have you thought professional help at all or have you been kind of pursuing more self-help um, uh, it's definitely it's definitely a mix approach, of both so like, so kind of after that situation um, I remember telling my sister probably um, and she she was somebody who you know in her early years um, did did uh, struggle on and off with some depression um, I remember I used to um, tell her just to snap out of it and to, you know, 
I used to think that it was fake essentially or all, all in your head. And I think as soon as it happened to me, um, it definitely became very, very real. And at the time that that was 2011, 2012, when I, you know, first started going through it, um, the, the conversation was a lot different, I think even online or, or offline, um, around, you know, uh, mental, mental health challenges and that type of thing. Um, and, and I couldn't, or I felt as if I couldn't really reach out to too many people, um, or that they wouldn't, uh, you know, look at it in the same way that I, that I felt it in. And yeah, I, I definitely did seek out, um, professional help for sure. Um, I don't think that professional help is, is the only answer because I think like we were talking about before, um, sometimes you, you can tell people that you can tell people all, all you want that they can just get out of it. I'm not talking about just uh, mental health challenges. I'm talking about when we were talking about if you want to change your, your job course or, or anything like that. You know, we often just say when, when we're, you know, when we've either been through it or gone through it, we can just say, you know, it, it is kind of a thought process that someone has to come to themselves. And so um, it was coupled with the professional help, coupled with a lot of uh, eventually talking with other people who have experienced it and seeing that, first of all, you're not the only person that's struggling with it. And second of all, of that you do have to make those decisions on your own. I, th- I think even if I talk to professional help, even if, uh, you know, I talk to others, at some point I still have to come to that mm-hmm. decision um, to be able to do it on my own and to be able to know that, hey, this is something that I might not be able to get over um, or something that I may still struggle with um, throughout my life, as I'm sure a lot of people do. But to be able to have a situation to know that I can move forward or work each day to to be to combat that situation um not just by sitting around and going oh poor me but saying i can actually do something about it and i think in 2011 2012 um there was a very much uh different i i thought anyways a different culture around um you know mental health mental awareness um and than there is today and and so that's part of the reason why i i started bringing this up um as of late is because i think that if somebody had have been um, there for me, um, in, in that way, I'm not saying, I'm not saying people should have been, but if, if the culture had been a little bit different, then, um, I'm sure I may have, it may not have been three, four years, uh, that I was, you know, struggling through this. It might've been a little bit quicker or, or I may have been able mm-hmm. to see, you know, light at the end of the tunnel a little bit easier. So, yeah. Um, so we've talked about this before. I think mm-hmm. we talked about it like around about the time of the whole bell let's talk, mm-hmm campaign and i have a pretty strong opinion about this and that is that yes there absolutely shouldn't be any stigma around mental illness or talking about mental illness Mm -hmm. and i totally agree that people need to deal with these things um in their own way i just don't i really hate the idea that people can say i have a mental illness and then they Mm -hmm. don't deal with it they just Mm -hmm. accept the fact that they have a mental illness and then they're just going to sit back and live with that pain for the rest of their lives. And you said that, yeah, it's something that you could struggle with for the rest of your life, which is true. Like you could be struggling with wacky chemicals for the rest of your life, which is kind of a pain in the butt, but I feel like we need to not accept that. Um, I think it's kind of our responsibility to recognize when we're feeling that way and then do what Mm -hmm. we need to do to, stop feeling that way and to feel happy and productive and all of that fun stuff. Yeah, totally. Well, that's the ideal, ideal solution, I guess. But, uh, 
It, it, you know, it is I'm well yeah, I guess aware of how difficult it is, Petro. <laughs> what I'm saying is that too many people just sort of, they just accept things and they complain about them the exact same as <clears throat> a job that they're not passionate about. Of course. Well, oh, for sure. And we know, we know people yep. like yes. that. We have, yeah. we have mutual business connections that, you know, they, yeah. they fall back on that whenever things aren't going their way. <clears throat> We're not going to name, name anybody yeah. because it's, it's not, it's not the right thing to do, but uh, you and I both um, have said that this this is something that you can't just fall back on and say, well, I have a chemical imbalance, so this is why I'm like this. Yeah. If you recognize it, you need to get help. You know, um, It's funny, but Lee, I've shared a lot of uh, personal uh, information with you and a lot of stuff I've mentioned on this, on this podcast too. At some point, I recognized that there was... Uh, struggles and issues in my life and I decided to do something about it. Uh, I feel like at the time I decided to do something about it was later than I could have done something, but at least I, I know that I've done something. And and that's why you're here today too. I want other people to listen to us and, and be like, I want to be like Lee. I don't want to just be sitting around n- knowing that something is bothering me, but you know, maybe maybe they're afraid to go to a therapist because they feel like they that that's failure right there and <clears throat> i have to admit that um growing up in ukraine um if you were somebody who was going to see a therapist you were basically a crazy person and the society didn't really accept you anymore so you either had to keep it a big big secret or you know you just had to not care and um, it's, it's difficult where it's a lot more acceptable in North yeah. America, especially, you know, in Canada, we're a lot more accepting of this professional help. Um, mental health awareness is, is very big here in Canada. <clears throat> and I still see people struggling with making the first step. And what do you think, like, at what point do you say like, okay, I, I this is okay. This is acceptable. I'm, I'm going to go and talk to somebody because, it, I my brain just isn't shutting off, you know. Like, I, well, I can't really form a question because I don't really know what I'm trying to ask. But yes, maybe help me out, Sophia. Um, well, I just wanted to jump in there actually because I don't think it's necessarily about talking to a professional, but I mean, a professional is very helpful. Um, but what I mean is, you're gonna you're gonna figure it out at some point on your own. And when you figure it out on your own, that's when you're going to do something Mm -hmm. about it. I just feel like too many people get a diagnosis of depression or anxiety or whatever. And then they're like, that's an excuse Mm -hmm. rather than just figuring out that it's actually having a negative impact on their life or their life could be better than they think it is. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely um, something that um, when, when it when it was first happening to me, because obviously I, had, I hadn't experienced much of I'd been on a roll with my business and never really f- felt too many failures, um, you know, up until that point, I'd been fairly successful. And so I think for me, it was easy to look back and say, well, I was I was building up an ego. I, I, I built up a successful business and thought that maybe I was infallible to failure. And so there was a lot of things for me that once I encountered those, um, I didn't know how to deal with that. And so it was a lot more difficult for me to, uh, you know, looking back, it seems blatantly obvious. Well, ever, a lot of businesses, like I mentioned, a lot of businesses fail. People obviously make mistakes, different things happen, and you have to move on and learn from that. Um, but at the time, I didn't, I always say this now, I say I learned a lot about how to build a successful business 
I learned a lot about how to become a better photographer. And I learned a lot just about, you know, success in general um, and what that meant. The idea of what I thought success meant in my head. But I never growing up and, and starting a business, I never really taught myself or learned about how to keep your ego in check and how to fail well. And those two things, I think, were what result a lot of what resulted in the initial stages of my depression or, or, or mental or mental health issues um, because I didn't know how to cope necessarily with that. And it seems silly. I mean, a lot of us go through those things on a daily basis. Um, but I think the bubble that I had created as far as the ego story that I had told, you know, the, the person that I had made myself into where everybody else looked at this person and said, hey, I want to be the successful photographer. I would like to have a job like that where I made that kind of money working relatively few days. Right. To me, and from the outside perspective, I had built myself into something that I clearly wasn't, or at least that there was a lot more hard work involved to it and a lot more struggles than I was willing to admit or that people saw. And so as soon as that whole world came crashing down for me, um, I was completely exposed as a person that I had been portraying I was and then all of a sudden the realities the the reality struck and I don't think I was in a mental place in my head that I said if I was to fail and if my business was to go away and if I was to be able to stop being if I had to stop being a photographer tomorrow that I still would find value in myself and I think that's really the struggle that I had to deal with for probably three four years even and just till recently um, kind of finding out took me a while to figure out that I still have value to offer beyond just a service that I provide or some business that I've created. And uh, it does take a while sometimes. And some people, like you say, some people stay stuck in that and it's hard to, it it sometimes is hard to get out. Yeah. I feel like probably the longer you're in that, the harder it is to get out too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, I, I think for me, it was a case of realizing that I had a lot of, and then it compounded, right? Because then, then I had to, a lot of people weren't even aware uh, of my situation or that I was even out of wedding photography. I remember people would approach me when I would encounter them, you know, on the street or in the store or somewhere. And they would say, you know, are you still doing wedding photography? Like a lot of people weren't even aware that I wasn't doing it. Um, and so I think even after I stopped doing photography, then I, then I almost still, when I was struggling to find out, find my identity and find my purpose in life, I guess, um, you know, I would still kind of put on this facade that I was doing either, either doing wedding photography kind of, but also, you know, becoming a, being a photographer. I wasn't really comfortable in just telling people, no, I don't, I don't do that anymore. And, um, so for many years it was compounding on top, you know, I also knew then I was living a whole lie essentially. Right. Um, not in the sense, not in the sense that I was, you know, actually, you know, doing a lot of things that were, a lie, but it, what I was telling people and what the reality was were two different oh. things, right? Um, and that was definitely not, definitely didn't help mm-hmm. in the in the I'm healing reading process. This for sure. Book, and I'm not going to say what the book is because it's actually really irritating me. <laughs> but um, I just read a chapter on fear, and they said something good about like mm-hmm. other people's fears for you shouldn't impact you. You shouldn't be taking on other people's fears um, mm-hmm. in your own life, which makes a lot of sense um, there. And I'm finding mm-hmm. like, especially in creative fields, then again, I've always been in creative fields, so I don't know what it's like for people not in creative fields, but I feel like people are so quick to actually to your face, be rude about what you do <laughs> um, because it's something that they would never see mm-hmm. themselves doing. Um, I was talking to 
a grown ass man um, last week. <laughs> a man who retired from a job <laughs> that he apparently hated. Um, and he, well, he's asking, oh, what do you do? I said, oh, I am a photographer. So I mostly shoot weddings and family portraits. And he goes, oh, that's the kind of thing where it just like becomes a job for people, right? <laughs> I was like, um, not if they're doing it in in a positive way. <laughs> but I just wanted to like, I wanted to just punch him in the nose. Be like, what the hell is your problem? Like, <laughs> right. Oh my god! I I think a lot of people can don't realize how negative their, their comments head, can, can be. Can you imagine and, how miserable and, and they and must it's, be? And it's they, true. Um, they comment I, I, like, like that. <laughs> oh, I I literally think there's a I, what what I think is happening in their head is there there's no longer a gerbil or or a hamster on a wheel. They actually have a very smart hamster who has devised a device that's making the wheel turn kind of solar powered. And when it gets dark, they just shut off and nothing happens in that head again. And when it gets light, that shit spins back up again and they go about their day, you know, like they're just, they're just a robot. They're on overdrive. And you know, you don't realize about the shit that you say to Mm -hmm. people, how it impacts them. But, and I have a personal story I kind of want to tell, and it's not personal as it relates to me. It's that I witnessed this. And, um, I was, I was, um, went to a, a girl that I was with, I went to her family's Thanksgiving and her cousin had recently gotten uh, separated or divorced even. <clears throat> and um, so this girl's dad actually said to the cousin, wow, you look good. Did you lose weight? And she did because the, now that she was single, she wasn't depressed anymore. She actually ate better, mm-hmm. went to the gym and she looked really good for, you know, not looking that great for the past 10 years of her marriage. And as a joke, she said, yeah, I lost 220 pounds and everybody kind of laughed and he didn't laugh at all. He had a straight face. He just said, well, why couldn't you do this before? And it's like, are you, are you serious? Like uh, this just really happened, you know? And, and the thing is from an outsider's perspective, when you look at this individual's life, uh, he went to work nine to five for 30 years. He retired early. Um, he has a lot of money. He doesn't spend it. He he doesn't do much for fun except, you know, kind of go to um, mm-hmm. uh, vacations and, uh, you know, go to the beach and whatever. Like it's it's really that that's really it. <laughs> you know, like there's there's nothing that this oh person does. God. Like I, I look at Lee and Lee does. um uh, you do the woodworking, you do honey. You did no. not mention that you did honey. The guy has, the guy, the guy has like a billion bees. Uh, you do uh, 300 taps of maple syrup. So, <clears throat> you know, when, when I was there for a podcast uh, outside of the window, I was staring at like the, the sugar shack where he boils down the maple syrup. <sighs> like it, you do a lot. And I, and I can kind of relate to that because I do about 20,000 mm-hmm. billion things myself. And I'm noticing that what it is, is it's a creative person's uh, curse. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't help that. You, you sometimes, you, I, I personally can't sit still. Um, people ask <laughs> me like, well, what motivated you to, to start this business, you know, like in the past? And I, and I told them the the honest answer is I was bored. Um, and, I, and I did some, something interested me and I did some research and I really liked it. So I pursued it in a commercial way to uh, make to, you know, to keep it in my life and at the same time make some money. And 
I no longer do that business, for example. And, and as I always like to say, you know, quitting while you're ahead mm -hmm. is not the same as quitting. I had recognized that there's fallbacks and issues with that. So I moved on. But when when people aren't in the creative field, they, they tend to kind of just accept their life for what it is and and, and rightfully Why so. Why is it a failure if it ends? By that logic, every single human life will inevitably be a failure. So what the fuck is the point in trying? Well, that's good. <laughs> I like... I like pissing <laughs> Why is it failed if you get out, if it ends? Why is it a failure? It's not a failure. Well, because because we call things like a failed marriage, you know? So nope. when a marriage ends... Nope. <laughs> well, because by definition, a marriage is forever, right? By definition. So so technically, it's... In my opinion, if well, you have to listen to me. In my opinion... If you didn't get divorced, then then it's a failed divorce, right? Because so the, <laughs> I failed divorce. <laughs> there you go. And I, I honestly, I honestly hope that I have a failed divorce with with, with Anna. And I, th that's just a fact. I mean, it's the marriage that fails. It's not you that fails. This is my whole point. But that's not how people think about it. People do not think about it the literal way. It's, it has to do with the literal meaning of the word. You have to stop thinking of failure as a negative thing. When, that's my that point. <laughs> that's my point. When I drive my car and there's smoke coming out of the, the engine, my engine has failed. You know, the stupid engine. <laughs> Should not have bought a Volkswagen. Damn it. Um, People, public service announcements, stop buying Volkswagens. Anyways. <laughs> For me, Lee getting out of your business and moving on to something else yeah. is not a failure in photography, but successfully not driving yourself fucking insane for the next 50 years. Yeah, and I think I think it's it's true. Um, my definition of failure, and, and I think a lot of people's, uh, is initially in that moment of not doing, ceasing to do what you did before. But I don't, perceive failure to, to be that way anymore. And I think, I think I, I don't really look at failure as failure in the traditional sense. Anyways, I think what I can learn from my failings, quote unquote, is the portion of failure that I take, you know, into the next, whatever I do. My, my failings in wedding photography has greatly benefited me in what I'm doing now. Um, I, I, I look at, I can look back now at all the positives and say, yes, that situation may not have been right for me at the time it, it, it was, but the amount of things that I learned from that in my other businesses, in even in just keeping my ego in check and learning how that when you do encounter failures, quote unquote, along the way, how to be able to deal with that. And if I hadn't have encountered those things in my, my very first successful business that I ran, I would be a different person today than I was than I was before, and I still wouldn't have encountered those 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 things along the way. So for me, failures are only a, a way to identify the areas that I need to improve, and that's it. That's that's how I identify failure, and therefore failure to me is not necessarily scary. Um, if I fail at something multiple times over and over again and don't learn from it, then yes, I think you are kind of going down a road of traditional failure. But beyond that, if you can learn from it, even in a marriage, or I I, I just uh, was. I, I just had a 10 year relationship end. Um, and I actually look at that situation and go, I'm a better person because of that. And not because I'm not, not because I'm not with yeah, the person, um, but I've learned more about myself in the last six months of time than I have in the last six years. And, and I think that wouldn't have probably happened had that not 
gone down the road that it that it did. Um, and so I, I'm constantly trying to extract now, constantly trying to extract now out of quote unquote what society deems to be failures, the things that I need to work on in my own life. And as long as I can do that, there's not really anything that I perceive to be as a failure. Traditional. Yeah, I think failure. we need to stop using the word failure. Is the trick. Yeah, right. I think moved on to other things. Or just realize that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I don't, I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe that failure is is even a real term. I think the only time we fail is when mm-hmm. we stop trying to learn. That's it. That's the only time we fail. If if, or when you die. Or when you maybe. die. Apparently. <laughs> but but. It, <laughs> But oh my god, oh my god, on my tombstone, I am putting failed at life. <laughs> it's it's, it's only when we when we look at a situation and say, why did this happen to me? That's the only time when we fail. If we can, if we can say, what have yeah. we learned from it? Because something that I've something some other uh, thing that I've learned is I can't I can't um, influence the things that happen to me. Only my reaction to them. And so if, so if we mm-hmm. go down the road of saying, you know, my goodness, this happened to me, how could this happen? We're not on our way to fixing it. And we're not also on our way to learning how to become better. So, um, yeah, I totally agree. I think failure is, is misdefined. Um, I think as society, we look at, we look at failures, mm-hmm. um, in the wrong way and, uh, and it doesn't do any yeah. of us. I don't think really any good. I feel like this yeah. is a good place to wrap up it's and true. also let Lee get back to his other recordings sure. of 70 billion episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have another podcast uh, in six <laughs> minutes. So we're definitely going to, I'm definitely going to say thank you for your time and I really appreciate you joining us. I think there's a spot for sure. you in the future episodes uh, where we can pick up where we kind of left off. And um, definitely if people have feedback for us, they can go to the double exposure show group on Facebook, on our face group, as I like to call it, and leave some questions for Lee, leave some comments for Lee, maybe share some of your own personal stories that would love to hear it. Uh, if put it this way, if, if your story quit, can inspire somebody and lead them to the, to a path of non-failure, <laughs> um, then, <laughs> you know, quit your job. And I, and I, I, I hold myself responsible special. for at least half a dozen people uh, that I've said, you have to quit your day job. Yep. Just, just leave. And, and, I mean, Sophia was the only one I've done that to. And I, I have to admit, there was a little bit of fear because I thought if you go out there and you don't work hard <laughs> and you in turn, quote unquote, fail, um, you you may be upset with me pushing you out of your job. But I, I saw it as a win. I saw it as here. I saw a person struggling, being unhappy, and I just gave them the, you know, kind of the solution to that. So. Hopefully that that's what you t- took away from that. I mean, I, I really like how far you've come. I really like being involved with you, Sophia. So it's it's been a positive ride. And I've seen everybody else have kind of helped sort of kick their butt. I've seen them do really, really well, extremely well. So well that there are times I'm envious of how well they're doing. And that's a good thing. So on that note, uh, it is time to wrap. Thanks for joining us. Sophia is going to say some thank yous. I'm going to say thank you to Lee Mann. And, um, I'm going, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just, I just think out of my situation and out of, I think a lot of people's situations, I've, I've developed, um, a lot of empathy and understanding that people do have different situations in, in their lives that, um, you know, we can't necessarily relate to. And so to be able to, um, share those experiences and to be able to be a little bit vulnerable and to, you know, we don't know what other people are going through. And so if we can be, 
uh, find finding in ourselves to to share a little bit about what we're going through. I think it definitely can um, influence and inspire other people to do things that they that they love as well. So uh, it's something that I believe in. I think that if you live your passion every single day, and if you can find that and live it every single day, you won't have a day that you that you don't. Uh, regret what you're doing. And, and I would like to see as many people be able to, to do that as possible. Um, and so that's a mission for me now to be able to share through my experiences, um, the ways that you can probably hopefully be able to achieve, uh, things in your life that you get up every day saying, I, I'm really, um, you know, I really love what I do. Right. So, um, yeah, if anyone wants to, uh, to send me over any questions or check out, uh, anything that we're up to, that would be, uh, that'd be great. Love to hear from every, every, anyone. Where, where can um, people do this? Good question because I'm kind of all How over the place. But um, I guess leeman.ca is my yeah. Uh, leeman.ca is my nice. kind of personal website where I have a lot of these uh, these new uh, things going up. Our my podcast is on there as well. Um, and uh, from the photography end, uh, you can check out leemanproductions.com. Uh, That's my my website there. I still do some work on, on the business end. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Or yeah, Google Google or Facebook anything uh, connect uh, through there. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. I do, I do really love to connect and, and hear people's stories. So thanks very much, guys, for, uh, for having me on here. I really uh, appreciate uh, the time and, and being able to be a guest on, on your show. It's been our pleasure. Yay. And Yay. <laughs> thanks to Benjamin Edward for our aardvark and Ben Sound for our theme music. Thanks to and Petro for encouraging me to quit my job. <laughs> and thanks to Sophia for doing all the work on this podcast so I don't have to. Thank you for finally admitting it. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I I've always I've always admitted it to myself. I guess I've just never made it public. But on that bombshell, thanks again everyone. We'll see you next time. Get to work.